everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 480 being recorded on December 20th. I just looked that up. December 20th, 2017. I'm Ryan Strout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Sebastian Peek. <laughs> I'm Alan Valentano. Sebastian never <laughs> quite Sebastian never quite knows where he's going to be yeah. placed in the roles. rotation, right? The key is Alan always has to be last, regardless yeah. of anything else. Like you don't want to come to the studio someplace else, back to the that's, studio that's someplace my, else, back curse. to the studio. I mean, whatever. Anybody curse. could be sitting there, and I'd be saying the, the same thing. The second studio but. guy is always the last person. Yeah. 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 yeah it's true. Little known fact: we don't rehearse. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. If if you showed up secret. At, for the show uh, for the live stream at pcpro.com slash live, you would know that we never rehearse. Uh, and inevitably, until one minute after I am at my desk, and until three minutes after Alan is at his desk. Uh I was here before you. Yeah, that's nah. Yeah, even if it's true, it's not true. <sighs> um so uh PCPro.com slash live, Wednesday nights, 10 p.m. Mission, 7 p.m. Pacific. Um, if you need a gentle reminder, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. You get this page here. Asks for your name, your email address. There Date of birth, social security number. No, not working. That is not the page. That, that is, is not the page. Mm. Why do we have this problem every week? It's because you, you messed with the – you didn't strain really. Consistency. The for the love of God, can we get a laptop lights. with an Ethernet jack on it? Yeah, we need to replace that <laughs> Ethernet file. If you need a gentle reminder, you can go to this page here. It's at pcper.com slash subscribe. We ask for your name, your email address, uh, and we do that thing that it sounds like we would do. We send you an email with a notification. We're about to do a live stream. See how that says live? It does. I thought it said live. Yeah, it's the PC Perspective Relive edition. <laughs> <laughs> built right in well, here. we can use that now. That's true. That's true. They've moved on. Oh. I, don't know what, I don't know how long the... The copyright lasts on that. But uh, PCPro.com slash subscribe. Go there. Uh, and then PCPro.com slash podcast. I always mention it at the end, but never at the beginning. Uh, if you want to see show notes, how to download the episodes, RSS, um, all that other type of stuff. So do that. Uh, we also still have our Patreon campaign running. That's at Patreon.com slash PCPer. This is uh, where you guys have the ability, if you choose, to make a regular recurring contribution to PCPer and the guys and the team and the podcast and the videos we make. Um, we greatly appreciate it. Anybody uh, who is a patron, is it, it, that's super awesome. We, we're, we're super proud of that. Uh, if you Become a new patron and or increase your patrons during the live streaming. We will uh, call out your name during the show, which whatever I whatever name appears, whatever name happens to appear. I think I already had one show up here. Where did it go? Okay, let's use the phone. Maybe it'll be more reliable. Uh, Terry Corker just pledged five dollars as a new pledge. Thank you very much, Terry. See, you could be like Terry and be world famous now. There's literally. Hundreds of people, maybe thousands, maybe that will dozens. know your name. Maybe dozens of people <laughs> that will know your name from this. So, uh, uh, and if you become a patron, you're glad you you know you're supporting wonderful content like this, the PC per mailbag. This is a show in which we read your questions in a mailbag like form. Hey, there's a Ken in the background. Oh no! So I didn't there, know it was being recorded. Oh. The sneak preview for one of the questions for this coming week's episode. If somebody says, uh, do you have to record it on a different set? Because I get distracted by people walking around in the background. And I'm like, <laughs> this is part of the appeal, right? Now you know we're at a real live working environment. We do stuff here. Right? There's people doing stuff. That could be a stuff. green screen. Can't, I mean, it could be a green screen. That's <laughs> true. true. 
and Ken might you literally can't see Ken's screen. It's all washed out because the bright. He could be doing nothing. It's true. He's usually he's doing probably nothing. doing nothing. If we're being really honest about it. So uh, <clears throat> thank you for that, guys. Uh, that's that's on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash PC Per. All right, so let's get into the content for the week. We're going to start with uh, celebration of Josh. Not being in attendance. What do you guys think about that? Is that great? <laughs> it's a Christmas miracle. It's going to be a much shorter podcast. It's a Christmas miracle. Well, normally it would be a shorter podcast. However, there is a storage piece for me to discuss. However, oh, so yeah, I will pick no. up his slack. Also, um, he is driving 17 hours with his kids in the backseat. Oh, he's dear probably Lord. He's streaming this, right? So he's, he's probably – oh, yeah. You know what? He could be listening. He could be. And hey, Josh. If I did the math right, he was leaving at like 7 p.m. Hold on. Hey, hey Josh, are we there yet? Hours. Are we there yet, Josh? <laughs> are we there yet? <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people, Jeremy, that prefer to drive through the night. I used to be one of those people. I'm, I am no longer one of those people. Oh, I'm still one of those people. Never been well, one but of 17 those people. hours, you're driving through the night regardless. Well, that's true. If you're going yeah. straight, I assume they're going straight through. They're, yeah. they're, they're driving from Wyoming to Texas, right? Sounds awful. I think that's me. where he's going. Nobody should ever drive. Well, at least to it's Texas. downhill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just roll the whole way. <laughs> Um, anyway, so let's actually get into the content. We're going to talk about uh, the NVIDIA Titan V again. Uh, this time we have a story based around the compute performance, not just the gaming performance. Gaming performance was the previous story excuse me, that Ken put together for us. We did the unboxing teardown and, and look at the GPU already as well. Now, this, this is what it's supposed to be used for. Right. Supposedly. Yeah, and at $3,000, I think that makes sense, right? That's why this picture here shows the Titan V with the Radeon uh, Frontier Edition, which when launched was $1,000, right? Yeah, the AirCold one was 1000 And yeah. now it's like less. It's less, let's just say. Um, but but the idea is the same. Even though the price point is very different between these two cards, even at, at peak, um, the, the idea is the same. So here's kind of – They both got some gold in them. What's that? They both got some gold in they them. They do, yeah. The Titan V is it's champagne. I think the color of the uh, of the screen here is maybe making. Was it made in France? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can call it champagne. Champagne. It's sparkling, sparkling wine. It's like Alcantara <laughs> here. Yeah. Um, so what's important to know here is since we're looking at compute performance, this FP sixteen number is or FP sixty four. I'm sorry, is really where we're looking at today, right? So uh, if you look at the Titan V, it has a one half ratio for uh, GPU cores. These are standard FP thirty two cores. What we think of when we look at gaming performance and whatnot. FP64 is for double precision compute, 2560. Compare that to the Titan XP, it has effectively 120. Oof. So you can see there's going to be a dramatic, or rather there should be, a dramatic performance difference here. And even if you go like uh, to the Vega Frontier Edition, it's got 256 uh, FP64 core. So again, you should see some significant performance deltas here. Obviously, clock speeds and stuff still come into play, uh, but that's where we're at there. So... We talked about the card and the GPU and all that stuff before, so we'll just kind of jump into some of these results. Um, Ken actually did the testing on this. Uh, Luxmark is an OpenCL renderer. Renderer. They call it a path tracing renderer. Yeah. Um, so this is – it's essentially ray tracing, I think. If it's path tracing and ray Sounds tracing, I think or this, yeah. it's paths, rays. Come on, guys. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Scientifically, I think they're identical. Uh, but so here's here's your quick look at performance. <laughs> Scientifically, everything's the same. Sure. Uh, Luxmark three point one. The Titan V is scoring, you know, almost more than double of the Vega sixty four liquid cooled. We we did upgrade to the liquid cooled for our performance testing, just trying to give AMD the best possible footing 
Um, yeah, and there are some people asking why we didn't use Frontier Edition in this. It's because in these applications that we tested, besides SpecViewPerf, Spec which we did use Frontier Edition on, this is not stuff that's optimized by the professional driver, and we knew that the Vegas 64 liquid clocks higher than the Frontier Edition liquid-cooled. Got so it. that's why we use that GPU. Got it. Hmm. Yeah. A lot of questions about that. Fair enough. Uh, and the Titan XP still does pretty well here in this one uh, compared to the Vegas 64, but clearly the Titan V, the dominant leader. Uh, Cinebench, OpenGL performance, no difference between the Titan XP and the Titan V. Um, not a surprise based on how we looked at gaming performance yeah. uh, up front. But little change between the Titan XP and Titan V there. It's, like it's way slight. smaller of a margin than we saw in gaming. Yeah. So it's like 1% yeah. or something. Uh, V-Ray is a third-party rendering so is it a plugin or is it an application it's a renderer that plugs into a bunch of cad and 3d modeling applications okay and so here is a lower is better result what, what, what you see here is actually interesting so the difference between titan xp and the titan v is still not dramatic it's like 25 percent yeah but the increase over the vega 64 is huge like 3x um and i think the difference here is is that v-ray uses cuda for nvidia parts and OpenCL yeah for amd and hardware OpenCL is a fairly modern addition to v-ray so it's less, clearly not it's probably a less optimized code path yeah and this is also ray tracing now slice off sandra is a test that we use uh for cpu reviews all the time but it actually has a very robust gp gpu compute portfolio of tests as well um, and some of this stuff really stands out here. So this is like shader compute capability. And this is where you f- start to see where the power of something like Titan V comes into play. Uh, if you look at single precision, you know, the uh, the Titan V over Titan XP, it's there. Um, but if you look at double precision, double float shaders, you're looking at the Titan XP scoring 0.745 gigapixels per second, while the Titan V does 11. Yeah. So now you're getting into that 13x or so performance improvement, and even over the Vega 64, that does do you know more than twice the Titan XP. Uh, can't even come close to standing up to what the Titan V can do. If you look at something like financial analysis, it's using double precision compute, and you start to see again an 8x performance difference over the Vega 64, 13x faster than the Titan XP. Uh, and scientific analysis as well, things people are probably familiar with, in-body simulation, fast Fourier. FFT. For, for, for Just say FFT. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's spelled out here on the graph. I'm I trying know. to, you know. Fast Fourier transform. Fast Fourier transformations. Mm-hmm. That's not what you think it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's why none of the cards want to do it. <laughs> General matrix multiplies. Like, these are where you're getting, you know, if it's FFT is clearly not as uh, sensitive to double precision, but in-body and general matrix multiplication clearly is. Um, and then there was one instance still where in image processing, the Vega 64 was faster. And Ken, you think this is because... I'm not entirely sure why, to be honest. The SciSoft tests aren't exactly the best documented. Yeah. From what I could find out, this test uses FP16 shaders, which Vega has a lot of and has a lot of compute performance. However, Titan V also does, so I'm not entirely sure My understanding what the is that is. for FP16 math, it's supposed to use the tensor cores. I don't think that's the case. I don't no? think all okay. FP16 operations run on the tensor cores. Okay. Um, but it, it, that, I will say that for, for AMD's standpoint, it is one thing that they clearly made, you know, 
a focus for Vega Architectures. Double is half precision, mm-hmm. is double performance, double pack math. Yeah, so it's like literally double the double the capability if it's you know written efficiently in that way. So start to see some of the benefits there. Now we did look at SpecView Perf. Um, what would you say here, Ken? Not a big change from Titan XP to Titan V, but maybe there's some headroom left to be gained. Yeah, so if you actually take a look back at our uh, Radeon Vega Frontier Edition results, you will see that the Titan XP scores are a lot lower. And that's because recently NVIDIA enabled the Quadro-specific sort of optimizations for applications like SolidWorks and Maya in uh, the Titan XP driver. Right. So they saw a big performance hit, a big performance advantage there. And I think something similar could happen with the Titan V in the future because currently there's no Quadro solution that uses the V100 GPU. I imagine mm-hmm. there will be at some point. And they just probably don't have those Volta-specific optimizations written yet. They don't have app certifications. They don't have anything like that to even put in the potential GeForce driver. So I think you could see a little headroom here. But if you were running SolidWorks all day, I wouldn't buy a V100. There's no reason to. Right. Yeah. Folding at home, uh, an old test from the uh, from from. Hey, remember when people used to use their spare GPU power for good instead of crypto mining? <laughs> instead mm. of evil, essentially. Some of us evil. still do. Essentially for There's evil. Folding frogs. Shout out to folding frogs. That's true. Uh, so this this benchmark that you ran is OpenCL based, double precision. Uh, actually, you ran single precision and double precision, so you can actually see like the single precision um, Titan XP is essentially does. identical to the Titan XP. Yeah. Uh, but but still, you know, a little bit better than Titan or from the Vega sixty four. But when you look at double precision again, you see this dramatic mm-hmm. performance delta up. I don't know if anybody any folders would want to spend three thousand dollars to increase their folding rate necessarily. Well, that might actually be a proportional per cost upgrade. <laughs> Let's see. So almost three. I mean, that's more than no, it's more than three x, right? So see, yeah. like that's no, it's yeah. more than three that's times actually the price give, too. That's actually giving you more bang True. for your buck if you're doing that kind of math. And although the world of mining is still a cluster, uh, we did run some quick tests, basically showing that the uh, kind of confirming what other people have seen with the Titan V. It's about eighty percent faster than both the Titan XP and the Vega sixty four for Ethereum mining. The rest um, of the stuff, like twenty percent, just kind of the normal yeah. gain without a lot any of optimization still happening there. And again, it would have to be significantly better to make up for the three thousand dollars price point. Price to, actually, price it's delta. it's very efficient per watt in mining. It's not Is it? efficient per dollar. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is the thing. So you might make up. You're yeah, making take, it up faster long, because your power. Yeah, but it takes is not, it takes a long time to. The power is like I one, think at that math, up. it was like 110 days last time we looked to pay off that that card, even at its higher rate. Really, and probably not taking into account power now that I think about it. But such is life. Um, so a, as we now kind of, I guess this is the second of our third part talking about Titan V performance. Where do you where do you stand on this, Ken? In terms of uh, Nvidia making a a part a good part for people. If you have a reason that you know you need to do FP64 math, you need to do double precision compute, buy this GPU. It's far and away the fastest thing that you'll be able to find. It's the last sort of consumer level double precision enabled GPU we saw was what the Titan Black two two, three generations ago. So if you need to do double precision compute, buy this card. Like $3,000 is probably a drop in the bucket if you need to do that type of work. Sure. Otherwise, 
it's not really much of an advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. It's don't buy it for gaming. Uh, don't buy it for spec view style, spec view perf type I applications. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it for a workstation. I would still buy there a Titan XP for that. Absolutely no reason to buy it yeah. for a workstation. Yeah. Get the yeah. Titan XP because that's going to be a third of the cost and you still get the optimizations. Um, and the gaming drivers. And the gaming drivers are there. Too. Yep. Uh, it, but if, yeah, if you do anything scientific compute, financial analysis that you know is accelerated by double precision math, uh, you already know it, you need this card. Yeah, it's an easy decision. Like, you're probably pissed because you bought the $8,000 version a couple of months ago. <laughs> right? That's probably where you're at. But if you're at a company now, you have this option to populate your you know, employees' systems directly with this card, which is what they were doing, right? Like, the, the the Volta architecture has been sold in server form factors and GPU cloud, you know, that you can rent instances of for some time. This is basically like, how do we get one into everybody's computer now? We've, satur- we've mostly saturated those higher costs, higher uh, uh, import systems. So now let's let's saturate the next one. After this, you know, in theory, you would see the super high end gaming market. So you'd have like a Titan XV. I assume of some kind, right? But it wouldn't have double precision perf in it. It's probably going to be a different GPU to begin with as well. You would think if they take the extra capability from that, maybe they can actually get better percentage gain on the gaming side if they did something different. Yeah, I mean, you you could be able to get higher clocks because you don't have to worry about the FP64 units. Um, You know, this is using HBM2. The the gaming version may still not use HBM2. Yeah, like, you're you're probably not going to just cut the double precision units out of this GPU and call it a consumer GPU. You're going to have a different GPU. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're going to want to do different stuff. You're not going to want the tensor cores. You're going to reuse your die area, make it a smaller die so it's cheaper to produce, like... Is there a market for basically the the Titan V minus the Tensor Core complex area on the die? Sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody it that's doing that double precision yeah. stuff mm-hmm. but doesn't ever plan on touching machine learning, I don't know if you could be able to say that for the foreseeable future. That would be a weird market segment, I feel like, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but – and I also, I also don't know – how much of the die space is occupied by those Tensor units. I don't it's know. It's probably not a giant amount. I don't – Based on some of our performance that is coming up in the next article where we look at machine learning testing, the performance of it is high enough that I feel like it's probably taking up more than I thought initially in terms of yeah. die space, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. So that's okay. Titan V review part two. We will have a part three next week that looks at machine learning testing. It's taking us longer to get up that get to that because Ken has been having to learn how to test machine learning, and we have to use Linux for I've some been stuff. Linuxing. Ugh. You, you have, have to, to download packages of test images that yep. take days to That's download. That's true. Yeah, 150 gigabyte data set that you can only download <laughs> at three megabytes a second from their server. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, science. It's quite the bottleneck. I had to bust out GetRight. <laughs> yeah. Ten-year-old yeah. app to do multiple downloads at the same time for one file. What was it called? GetRight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. All right. Uh, let's talk uh, real quick about the Crucial MX500. It's a SATA SSD. They still make those. They're still making new ones. Not that they still make them, still but they're making, still making new ones. Still making new ones. Um, what is, it is 10 cents a gig? Is it 10 cents a gig? It's trying. Shit. It's trying. Uh, so what do we got here? What's, uh, what's different about this drive so compared to previous? So what's different is previous. this is a uh, 64-layer IMFT 3D NAND. Got it. So like, Is this the first crucial 64-layer, or is this the first 64-layer consumer SSD period? No, the 545S had, had, from Intel had the same okay. flash in it. Got it. Um, but the 545S, I believe, uh, it doesn't do dynamic caching. 
Actually, I'm not even sure it does any I don't think it does. Yeah, it's just straight TLC. Yeah. Um, so this one is TLC, but with uh, Micron's dynamic right acceleration is what they their catchphrase is for it. But it's basically SLC area on the flash. Right. That, but they're able to, like, this type of flash is actually able to be, like, at the page level of flash they can say i want this page to be slc i want this page to be mlc i want right. this page to be tlc they could just do it which like is pretty cool will, which is pretty cool um but they've been doing that for a while just not with this 64 layer this newer uh flash worth pointing out here we do have this video embedded in our review which it, it is not a review video so it is actually very different content than what's in the review yeah it's, uh, it's which part of the discussion know, we had we with do. the guys that came to bring us the drive basically. john and john yeah um, like here's, you know, they're like, Hey, here's our new product. And like, we obviously hadn't had any chance to test it. Yet, sure. Since the guys had just literally walked just in the showed door up that it. morning. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had a discussion about the features and, uh, something I didn't highlight very much in the article, but what I thought was interesting is that they've, uh, this has what's called power loss immunity. That's um, a pretty good feature name, which is discussed a lot in the video, which PLI. is why I didn't discuss it a lot in the article. Uh, but <laughs> Basically, they're able to, uh, you know, your concern if, with power loss is that you're in the middle of trying to write something, you lose power, you potentially corrupt something because your write could not complete. Sure. So uh, Micron's claims are that, look, we're, we can write to this quickly enough and efficiently enough that we can set ourselves up so that, you know, 99 point, or, well, by what they're saying, basically 100% of the time, mm-hmm. uh, they are always in a state where if power went away, you're still good. And they're not doing that right. by having a battery on the PCB and, yeah, and or something, or even there's, super caps. Yeah, there's no super caps. There's no super extra. Cap. There's no, you know, there there yeah, are capacitors same. on the PCB because sure. there are always capacitors on the PCB for our product. Electric. But, but there's not like just, you know, large bulk storage of energy that had to be added to it, which increases the cost because the, you know, price of those caps, when you have to put right. 20 of them on a thing, you know, adding cost to the price of the product. So they're able to offer power loss protection without the need for added cost of the product Got basically um, the uh, the dies are 32 gigabytes each for each die so this is the first model to come out is one terabyte they're going to introduce the other like two terabytes and then they're going to do 500 and 250 mm-hmm. gig as well later uh, uh, they seem to be like direct selling this a lot now like it came out it's on their site on the crucial site oh sure uh, that's why I didn't, I couldn't, when the review went up, I couldn't find it anywhere else listed for pure order or otherwise. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it happens. Direct sales. That's another way to, you know, keep the price low, right? You, you get rid of the markup. It's a gig, the here man. we come. Oh, they're trying. They're trying. Like I said, they're <laughs> trying. Uh, there is a gigabyte of DRAM on this product. Some All people, right. some people on the YouTube comments thought it was DRAMless, um, which is usually what's required for a low cost product. Right. right. Um, Performance, pretty good. Uh, it actually did... Um, what page should I look at? I'm looking at the performance feed, uh, focus here. Uh, well, the focus, I mean, go to the comparisons. Go to like the... Um, well, actually, go back up. Check that chart out there. So usually on a caching SSD, you see a speed related with the caching speed, which is full you know, bus speed of the SSD, usually. And then it... You takes, see some drop-off. And then it falls off. Mm-hmm. Uh, that... that, that Orange line is perfectly straight, and the so is the blue line. Basically, it's just it's rippling, but it's like at the same maximum throughput that the drive will do. So, sixty seconds worth of writes didn't even hiccup. Um, 
Now, that could mean that their TLC speed for this new Flash is fast enough to where the drive can just write straight to the TLC anyway mm-hmm. uh, and still be going full speed, right? At least in the one terabyte capacity. Typically, for like Samsung SSDs in the past, if you were at 500 gig or higher, it didn't matter if you were writing to the cache or not, you could go full speed for SATA. Um, so maybe the Intel slash Micron Flash has finally caught up to the speed of which the sure. Samsung Flash could do, right? Um I would go to, you could just go probably straight to like client QDEP weighted. Oh, 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 uh, there we go. Um, so uh, MX500 is on top, and uh, I put a 850 Evo and an 850 Pro in the bottom two slots. And if you focus on the read throughputs, because your write throughput is going to be higher because NAND just is able to accept writes quicker than they can look sure, up reads. Sure, sure, sure. Um, you get 15,000 result for uh, the MX500 compared to a 16.8 for the 850 Evo. So it's getting close, right? These other guys are catching up. Um, 850 Evo is still generally considered the top SATA SSD. For performance, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's up there. Um, but, you know, it's good to see uh, competition closing in on it. And the more important part is... You know, if you're 90% of the way there to the performance of an 850 Evo, but your price is like, you know, 25, 30, 40% off the price of the 850 oh, Evo, yeah, yeah. like which one are you going to buy? It's a huge right? difference. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, so if you can at least get close, um, and in the case of... Uh, I like these graphs here. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've added results, even more results. You should to highlight the, the current result. Well, there's a separate chart that's smaller at the top there for I the understand. comparisons. I, uh, yes. see, I gotcha. Um, so what's what's the takeaway from this, right? So, so I mean, the, there was one slight hiccup we saw the trim speed. Oh yeah, yeah. testing we do it didn't do that great. Um, if you if you a power user that does a lot of like file deletions or that sort of thing while other things are going your, on, if you accidentally RM dash F RM dash RF like yeah. your whole uh, often. But you have to do it often for it to matter. Yeah, yeah, well, so with the drive full, if you were to try to repartition the drive under, like, redo, you know, say you wanted to blow away your install on Windows, right? You wanted to, like, reformat. Um, and the drive was completely full. It takes, like, a minute and a half for it to uh, supposedly quick format the one terabyte model. Right. Right? So scale that proportionally, right? It ended up being um, half a second, roughly half a second per gigabyte worth of added uh, delay of like active data and then it was like point roughly almost point one seconds per terabyte or per gigabyte that you deleted mm-hmm. so if you deleted a 10 gigabyte file uh, this SSD would effectively hang and not do anything for a second got it not a lot of time but depending on what you're doing could be a factor right but if the only negative I can find about a product is the thing that you know, we kind of had to develop this test to even show this kind of thing because it's so hard to actually see in reality, right? Most people wouldn't even notice uh, that your system sure. slowed down a little bit at, just after you deleted stuff specifically, right? But again, something to, something to keep in mind. So but how much was, is it and how, mu- how much is it? Well, first, the warranty's five years, not three. Oh, yeah, okay. So they're matching Evo on that. Got it. Right, they're matching Samsung there. And uh, the one terabyte model is uh, 260 bucks. so... Twenty six cents. Somebody texted me earlier and said that they bought them uh, today for two forty nine. Already, already, yeah. 
Wow. Very interesting. Um, so Does that make it 10 cents a gig? It's not 10 cents a gig. A, I'm sorry. It's nope. not 10 cents a gig. But uh, and, and the other thing I pointed out uh, that I kind of chuckled at is uh, I was doing you know, research and looking up links, pulling up old articles to have add links to this one. MX 300 launch 18 months ago. That was the price. Yeah. When you said that I was, I cried a little bit. Um, yeah. It's like the same price. So this suppose this thing that's supposedly such a great deal now, uh, but it's actually the price from 18 months ago before the price started going up. I mean, all memory has been going up in price. So yes. the fact yeah, that these SSDs DDR4. have even been maintaining that minimum entry point, I guess, as a positive, it just sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that's the MX500 from Crucial. Yep. For that price, it pretty much just sort of becomes our default. As long as they're available to buy, like, that's basically default recommendation for a simple upgrade, you know, yeah, like when you can when you're at the among the lowest cost, and the performance is almost matching the highest performer. Like it's it's a no brainer for recommendations, right? Sebastian's still on the line. Sebastian, are you there? I'm here. No, wait, Sebastian, can I, I can't hear you. Sebastian, are you there? I, I, Sebastian, what do you mean you can't hear me? Oh, okay, there. Are you are holding for Sebastian? Holding, uh, yeah, <laughs> holding for Sebastian. Yeah, kind of pasty guy. Yeah, Sebastian the guy who hasn't been outside in <laughs> weeks. He's got, got earmuffs on. Yes. Uh, so you did a quick little write-up on this uh, USB sub, USB-C hub. It's easy for me to say. Uh, from Aki, which looks incredibly familiar to me as somebody who is the who has used MateBooks in the past that ship with USB Type C hubs that have the exact the same, same stuff. I think. <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah. pretty sure the exact same thing. What are, What are we looking at? What's this good for? Uh, it's just for basically your your ultra thin laptop that comes with one or two USB Type C ports these days. And uh, uh, for example, the ZenBook three I think I had on hand at the time only had a single USB Type C. Yep. And that very sucks. much like the current gen, like plain Jane MacBook does. So the idea obviously is provide an adapter. That gives you some actual I.O., like full-size USB ports, uh, novelties like an HDMI out and an Ethernet on uh, a LAN. But also allow you to charge the laptop with uh, like a USB Type-C pass-through. So I was able to do that with the laptop. It does get uh, kind of warm if you're using it for extended periods of time, I noticed, especially if you're charging the laptop a lot using right. this adapter. But never like hot to the touch or anything. And it was reliable. It actually gave like pretty much like at least ninety five percent of my Intel on board like USB three point performance when I tested it with a a Samsung like a T three external drive a high performance drive. How often did you use? Like, how often did you use that VGA port? N- uh, never. Well, when you had to give all those presentations, <laughs> do you even have anything in your house that you could plug that into? I, you know, I actually thought about that, and then I'm like, yeah, actually, my older LG TV has an RGB in, but yeah. it's, it's mounted to the wall. I don't want to get back there. But uh, one note, and it was brought up in the comments with, with adapters like this. This one specifically, it has more than one kind of v- video out, but you can only use one at a time. Mm. So. Don't buy this to try to give yourself VGA out if you need that for some reason. And <laughs> HDMI, it's one or the other. But ultimately, 
at 65 bucks for the current version they're selling. They, they revised it slightly since the review unit they sent out. It, Got it. it now has um, like memory card slots, SD and micro SD cards on the slides. But in, internally, it's, it has the same performance, same uh, um, connectivity. Can you scroll to the bottom of that review, Ryan? I saw a phrase I like. Phrase? I want to point out. Solution to this Apple-inspired I.O. problem. That's some great writing right there. That's, it is. It's very <laughs> true, though. I thought that was the soundbite. <laughs> yeah. That's the you know, quote. It's, isn't it funny how even Apple's mistakes get copied by everybody because... <laughs> like you know, out like a headphone Apple jack? Not, and whether you think that you know Android obviously has bigger market share than iOS overall, oh, sure. Apple is still the number one smartphone uh, by market share with Samsung in number two. And then you look over in, in the laptop space. Apple is uh, has a huge presence in laptops, and <laughs> in design and features, they are often very closely. Uh, they let me say they inspire a lot of the other designs that are out there. So if Apple drops all I/O and you can just put like an ultra slim product out there with one or two USB Type C ports on the side, that's okay. And right. if Apple wants to ship, you know, a laptop with absolutely no dongles. I will say on the Windows side, at least laptops often come with at least a dongle. Yeah, I think but, Lenovo's we've had recently come with like a Type C to full size. Uh, Dell's port. the only one that I've come across. Does Dell does do it? At least with the Xperia thirteen two in one, which is fantastic. My roommate just bought a. Uh, he got a deal on a new twenty sixteen MacBook Pro with four Thunderbolt three ports on it, and he unboxed and he was setting it up. I was like, "You fucked up." You didn't buy any dongles. Like, oh well, there's there's one at there's one at work, and I'm gonna like buy this combination dock one. I reached in my bag and handed him a Type C to Type A dongle. I'm like, you're gonna need this. Yeah, <laughs> this is for you now. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, all right, all right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Um, this was kind of an interesting bit that I, I like. Several news items came by that I saw like as I was going to bed each night, or as I was waking up, and then totally lost track of. Luckily, Jeremy got this one for us. Uh, uh, Jeremy, what is this picture of BK telling us? What's he pointing to exactly? The future. Ah, uh, good, good. That's a haphazard point. Like, also, I, I gotta say, it looks a little. Unsure. It looks a little. He looks a little flustered. Like his button-down shirt is too many buttons unbuttoned, and he's got like some T-shirt with a print on underneath it. I'm not exactly sure what environment he's in there. Based on that red chair, is that a Walt Mossberg interview stage? Yeah. Damn it. Looks like it. All right. I'm actually more disappointed that I knew that. But continue. <laughs> uh, so they're saying that they're going to be taking more risks uh, in the coming future, which. I think a lot of people are excited about because the only thing they've been really changing are their sockets, and that's maybe not our favorite thing for them to change. True. But they've spent uh, the last year and a bit acquiring uh, a, quite an array of different companies from like Altera and Mobileye straight through to Nirvana. And uh, what he's saying is that Intel's getting very close to splitting their what they're doing 50-50 between CPU design and, uh, as he calls it, you know, future products. Uh, the sort of things that we're not quite sure if it's going to pan out or not, but at least it's worth trying. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the perfect example of that is what they're going to be doing with their GPUs that we've heard rumors about. And he, he's ex- 
from what he's talking about, it's he's trying to make it sound like this is as crazy as back when Grove switched uh, Intel from doing DRAM production to CPU production, which was a huge gamble. And, you know, they, they just barely made it by the skin of their teeth. And, of course, as we all know, it's paid out very well for them since yeah. then. And so moving over into the Internet of Things, picking up AI, all the other fun buzzwords that we've got going, uh, the GPU and mobile eye are probably a good indication that uh, autom- automated driving is something that they're looking at. So it's going to be interesting to see just how much risk this company takes. Because once you get this big, you become very risk averse. But on the other hand, I'd love to see Intel starting to do interesting things again, as opposed to just iterative upgrades where you get a little bit more efficiency each generation. Yeah, I don't think anybody would really argue that Intel has been aggressive in uh, pretty much anything over the last handful of years. I do find it no. it's impressive that they are coming up on their 50th anniversary next summer, which is yeah. kind of mind-boggling, really. Um, but you know, the, you know, the quote from here says uh, data is becoming the most valuable asset for any company. Our growth strategy is centered on data, memory, FPGAs, IoT, artificial intelligence, autonomous driving, anything that produces data, anything that requires a lot of computing. The vision is we are there. Now, yeah. I th- I think the idea would be like, well, no shit. Like that's what you should have been doing this whole time. You're Intel. Yeah. You should. You're you're supposed to, you're supposed to be the leader of compute, and clearly they've fallen behind. Right? They they were they're. They're not competitive in the mobile space against Apple or Qualcomm. They're not competitive in the AI machine learning space against NVIDIA. Despite the three companies they bought despite, to try to yeah, do that. Yeah, despite all the acquisitions yeah. they keep making, right? And now the personnel acquisition they did with Raja and this whole idea of making GPUs, right? So that they're clearly um, – and I think many people would argue that they're behind on process technology as well. If you look at what Samsung and Global Foundries and TSMC have mm-hmm. done moving beyond and, and even even though – the numbers game is still just a game like these incremental improvements in process tech clearly are if, – if, if they're not catching up, if they're not exceeding past what Intel is able to do, um, they're, they're catching up relatively quickly. Uh, well, like honestly, can we think of any acquisition or like venture into a new market they've made that has succeeded except for maybe Altera because Altera was a FPGAs. pretty good – was a pretty good business to they begin with. the dominant player and I they think just, at that point. I yeah. mean drones probably. They're definitely the leader in drones now. Um, I mean, it depends on what you consider new. Do you consider their SSD market? No. Like, is that is that a new thing? No, that's not anymore. Anymore. It's been a decade. Yeah, like I guess. Yeah. Right. I mean, they they bought uh oh crap, who did they buy for modem technology? Infineon. That hasn't really panned no. out. It's yeah, they're trying. I mean, they're still trying, like, right? They're still trying to be like the five G guys. They're working with Apple. They're going to be the alternative supplier to to Qualcomm modems for that. It's Intel's in an interesting spot because the the problem is is when you're the leader for so long, you kind of can't help but become complacent, right? Because mm-hmm. stockholders hate the idea of you taking risk when it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden, these same stockholders are like, hey. You're not taking any risks. You're not investing in anything new, um, and so you kind of have this this fighting battle. So I, I feel for, for the guy in the other corner in red shorts actually did do something risky and impressive this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of did it because yeah. they didn't have a choice, and now they're forcing it on Intel to not really have a choice in some of those areas as well, right? So even even if uh, it comes down to a lot of uh, of marketing decisions, right, and Intel no longer being able to have ninety nine percent 
market share and server markets and stuff like that, it, it, there's going to be some changes that occur that they can't stop. But uh, I think for, for, for BK's legacy and for Intel's like the last five years, uh, they, they need to return to being an engineering company. They, they went away from that for, for quite a while. Obviously, mm-hmm. they have tons of awesome engineers in there, but they went away from developing new stuff and instead are figuring out how to repurpose stuff for different different well, areas no, of interest. I, I think it's that they, they worried too much about developing new stuff and didn't focus on, for pardon the pun, lack for a better term, their core business. Uh, I see what Aww. you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sure. They, I mean, they were busy... Trying to get into mobile and trying to get into IoT. Right, but, is that, to, but were, they, were they engineering their way into there or were they trying to market... And buy their way into there. That's that's Probably kind of the, they were acquiring the their way into it. They yeah. picked someone well, up that already did it. Not, not did for that, all of those. Like they made like the Curie module and everything, which they had no real reason to make besides, oh hey, we kind of want to battle arm on really low power stuff, and it's just like, and now they're bailing on it. Yeah, they've already bailed on it. I love this music in the background. I don't think people on the stream can hear it. If it's test running in the background, it's very ominous music. That must mean it's time for us to move on to the next topic. <laughs> right, right. Un- unmutable <laughs> ominous music. Actually, I do want to move on to the next topic because this is an interesting um, story. We didn't, I didn't have anything posted about it, um, but uh, this is a tweet I posted retweeting a, a Verge story that was based on a Reddit thread that was based on John Poole's uh, – uh, Who's John Poole? Just John Poole is the developer of Geekbench, one of the developers of Geekbench, yep. Primate Labs. Um, is that good? It's good. All right, it's done. Yeah. Um, so basically what the story here is, everybody's always complained about this idea that uh, your iPhone gets slower as the years progress. Mm-hmm. Like every software update that comes out somehow slows down your iPhone 6. And seemingly forcing when the new you model to buy an iPhone out. 7. Yeah, yeah. Right? And somehow when, the, when that comes out, that always is the case. Yep. Right? Well, it turns out that there, there's actually some truth to that, but it's an interesting story about why mm-hmm. it would be the case. So, um, you know, Geekbench is one of the most popular kind of easy-to-use synthetic benchmark tools and applications. So they have this huge set of data, and they know what operating system you were on. They know when you ran the test. They know what your scores were. And they appear to have a bunch of hardware that's on older versions of iOS, like on purpose. Oh, sure. They, yeah, yeah, they keep them on that. Yeah, yes, yeah. correct, correct. Um, so actually, let me click over to John's story that he posted over on, on Geekbench because you can see some of this data, right? So, like... Here is uh, performance scores, right? And you can see like the big spike in the middle is what there. It's your your median, whatever. That's where that's yeah. where everything then falls within. Yep. Um, on ten point two, and then ten point two point one, you see these odd humps, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're getting a very different, but still concentrated distributions. And of that's performance. The, is that just the score or the clock rate or just basically their- this is this is score density. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then 11.2 comes out. And like, sure enough, more phones are getting slower as these software revisions come up. Mm-hmm. Right. And the same thing kind of happened with the iPhone 7, but not until 11.2. Now you see these additional humps out here. And what they, what the conclusion has become, and actually what Apple has confirmed, is that uh, if you remember back when the iPhone 6S I think it was a success. The first one I had this problem that was like a widespread deal where the phones would suddenly turn off. I had this happen to me. Yeah. I'd be using a device that had like 35% battery. All of a sudden it would just turn off. Yep. And I would go, okay. Just instantly. And I could power it back on yeah. and it would work. It was very odd. Um, so essentially what's happening is 
as batteries age, they lose some of their peak capacity. They lose some of that, but they lose. There's more voltage droop. The more you load them, the more the internal resistance of the battery goes up. And that that changes over time. Yes. It degrades over time. Yes. And so what Apple was doing with these software updates was when it recognized that a battery was was Showing hitting a droop of a certain degraded. threshold, yeah. right? Then it would say, okay, you know what? You're not going to run it this frequency anymore. You're going to run it this lower frequency well, because we know yeah, the, that the, the CPU won't pull more voltage than that and we won't have these automatic Yeah, they were just, they were just, reducing, they were just reducing the current draw by reducing the, the, the power speed. usage, which therefore lower clock speed. Well, like, they probably did it the other way around. They probably sure. reduced the clock speed, which in then case changed all the power profile, what the system was pulling, yeah. right? Um, but so, the end result is slower phone. So yeah, but but like the end result is what everybody had yeah. been complaining about for literally years is that my phone slows down as you update the operating and, system. And the thing is that once it's supposedly in this mode, uh, it doesn't seem to be like only kick in when the battery's like less than half full or anything like that. Your phone would just, if the battery was doing that and it detected it, your phone was just slow from that point forward, basically. Right. It, would right. not it, be it able entered to... a state in which no matter what charge level your battery was at, yeah. it was always in the state. Right. Until, apparently, you had a, a battery replaced. Yeah, if you replace your battery... Suddenly your performance. Suddenly everything better. is uh, back, to, back to good again. Right. And so the, like the, the engineering reason actually makes sense when you think about it. Because... It does. They, they, they designed silicon and, and chips and processors, and they put these in place that wanted to hit this peak frequency, but it required... X voltage X to get current. there. X current to get yeah. there. Battery degrades. It can no longer reliably supply it. Mm-hmm. So you take it from 2.3 gigahertz to 1.8 gigahertz. Yeah. Right. Now, I wish it would only do that like on the bottom end of the battery charge. When you're charge. at 40% when battery. Yeah, when you're so actually like at risk of running the voltage sure. dipping too low and it just shuts the whole thing down. Because right? yeah. that's what was happening. The battery is just dipping below the voltage where it could safely power the phone. So it shut down. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's interesting, right? Because there's a couple ways to look at it. I think Ken pointed this out earlier. It's like if you're if you're Apple, the message you should come out with is like, hey, um, yes, this is they they Apple did admit what was their statement actually? They said uh, they're, our, they're not they're not undervolting the phone as it gets older. They're overclocking it when it's newer. Right. Yeah. Well, they don't say that, but that's no, what Ken is essentially like. If you're going to spin this in a positive way, which I'm, you know, they you could do it would be like we're giving you better than sustained performance for that first year while yeah. your battery is 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 at its best yeah, yeah, yeah right and then it goes down but the problem is that's a bs answer because all of your reviews all of your performance metrics all of your they're all like, based on new product yeah it's all based on new product out of the box so the expectation and i think it's a very fair expectation for people to have about all products is that your out-of-box experience should try remain, to emulate the experience you yeah. have throughout the remainder of your phone's life but yep. But does any product actually do that? Well, I mean, nothing, nothing. So like you've, you, you've had this idea of bit rot on Windows sure. machines, right? But you don't – like Intel's processors don't suddenly clock 300 megahertz slower one day. I mean, on your it, on your platform. It, if your laptop, yeah, so we're, we're strictly talking about smartphones here, which is a totally different animal. Like, so oh, sure. It's exclusively yeah. – but, but it's a computing device. Let's say which, your 15 you know. watt Intel Ultra Thin ZenBook Three starts to get some dust caught in the vents, and it the thermal paste well, degrades because they put yeah. on too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it would. So, so uh, you're, yeah. you're talking about the actual general slowdown of a computer over that's, time, not actual bit. That's environmental, errors, right? 
It's environmental. So it's battery. Uh, yeah. But it is. But it, it's environmental that Apple engineered and created and sold you as well. Like Asus didn't sell you the laptop with the dust in it. But they sold it to, to you with the cooling you. solution in it. What's that? They sold it to you with the, coal, with the cooling solution in it. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean and, like and, – And they put that laptop through dust tests and they know how sure. it will perform. Yeah. I'm not saying it's a great parallel. And I think yeah. what Apple's doing is not ideal. But so the, what the, real, what? the real parallel is just that those bigger devices have larger batteries. Like which, an iPad. Like an iPad, which is not going to droop nearly as significantly mm-hmm. even when the battery is old. Mm-hmm. Because it's just a much bigger battery. More capacity – you know, more parallelism of the charge stored in the battery, right? So it's just right. – it droops less. So there's um, like what, – what, the, what is the correction that Apple can make to do this? They have – Let they, users change batteries. Yeah, someone should invent sure. a phone what's, what's, with what's an easily real changeable battery. That Apple might <laughs> there's, do. There's that. There's but two the, options, right? One is they no longer engineer – There's a potential issue where they, – they, they lower the maximum out-of-box performance to be a rate – that they can, they feel like they can sustain over multiple years. Well, what happens now when like you're within your warranty period or your Apple Care period, and you run this Geekbench thing, and you see that your result is lower? Like my performance is not what it was. Then when you should new. go to the Apple Store and then, get your battery yeah, replaced. Exactly. Well, no, they'll just tell you to factory reset it and send you on your way. That's yeah. I yes, know. they will. Also, in the <laughs> yes, they will. Uh, it's. The other the other option they have is like one thing I would love for them to do, but they won't ever do is I want some indication when I go into the settings to yeah. know what state I'm in. Yeah. If my phone is in a degraded performance state yeah. because of the battery, it should just tell me. Tell me so that I can and then make the me decide: Do I want to spend the eighty dollars to go to the Apple Store and have my battery replaced, yeah. or not? Right, um, or do it yourself or whatever. Right, but I mean, Max but, but will tell you it. when the battery is degraded and that's should true. be replaced. Max, will? that's true. Yeah. They do. Yes, yeah. yes, but, the, the, but, the, the, but, but what happens you... when those batteries are degraded? You get lower battery life. Sure, same. You don't, you don't it's the same deal on the phone, right? But you don't get you don't also get degraded performance. Correct. Ah, uh, yeah. Probably I mean, we literally not. just went through this whole yeah, thing where that's not it just the case. discharges faster. It doesn't, yeah, intentionally not clock as high as it did so it's, it's just a different situation that apple has created around this and what what i would like to know is does this happen to other phones is does the galaxy note 8 after a year perform lower right but now you have an interesting thing because google like samsung doesn't update the software in the same iterations actually watch that, that watch that, that become does. watch that suddenly become samsung's ad campaign Oh, absolutely, it will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like our yeah, phone doesn't slow down. You're, it, the, the, like, the marketing campaign writes itself. Performance day one, performance day three hundred, performance it's, day six hundred. Yeah. You have this thing, and then yeah. you show Apple, right? And you do that. Like it's it's easy to do, but you know, I'm just curious if anybody else is doing this, and Apple is just the one that got caught first. I don't want to say got caught because it's not like I don't know, it got caught first. Whatever you want to say. Well, they're the ones with the highest performing processors. Yes, so and that's the, the other question I have is. Did they reach too far in their in their processor design? Maybe not design, burst, but just like the bursts too high current draw. Like they're they're already so much faster than the other SOCs. Like yeah. scale that back 10, 20%, still win, and then this problem wouldn't exist. It's true. Right? It, uh, the, the, the chat, it, much less so. The, I mean, the chat has an interesting one. Does unlikely. your Tesla go slower the more miles you put on it? Yes, it does. Actually, yeah. Does it go slower? You get less. You and get it accelerates less, uh, slower when the battery is more degraded. Yes, the more degraded your Tesla battery is, the, the less through. maximum current draw. So you your zero to sixty figure changes five years into a Tesla. That's true. Elon. But I thought we just talked had that discussion today about over capacity. 
It is over provisioned, but that's only capa- only that's, so much. That's, you'll get you're, you'll the run out. Of it. fine. That does not mean that the internal resistance. Okay, yeah. On so the, battery, the, the motor of the car essentially being equivalent to the processor and however much. Well, the, the difference being, yeah, that, the motor's just getting a lower voltage from the battery right. when you load it down when the battery's older. Sure. Simple as that, right? It yeah. can only it can only you know go so fast. Yeah. So it's not like, and that's not intentional. That's not designed in from like Tesla's pulling it back on purpose. That's just yeah, and, well, there, and there's actually the a function. There's a function in the car that already God, pulls it back. Had better battery tech. There's a function in the car that already pulls already. it back when you're at your low battery charge. Correct. If like, I have if I have low capacity, yeah, it pulls you. It actually tells it actually, you. There, there's on the meter. There's some da- dots of like yeah. you can't accelerate. Yeah, you can't go. This. You yeah, can't yeah. go past this. Uh, yeah. This draw from the battery, right? It's so. it's it's a super interesting thing, and it's it's one of those like literally. My thought was like, why would Apple do this? Like they got, they have the smartest people in the world that work there, right? They know they knew this was happening. They knew this was going to happen. Um, you're you're winning these benchmarks that you even claim aren't important yeah. by this huge margin. Just lower okay. that a little bit. Can I the, can I interject here? You may because very few smartphone vendors do not cheat benchmarks. It's true. And as sure. far as anyone has ever been able to tell, um, back when you know, like Brian Klug and people like that were. We're stressing this. Not Apple's never cheated Apple. on benchmarks. Now right. you can point out now and say, "Well, Apple's giving you this idyllic, like unrealistic expectation of frequency and voltage scaling over time because it's all based on 100% battery with zero charge recharge cycles on it." That's that's a valid argument you can make. But at the same time, Apple's not putting their device into a 100% or 110% state every time it detects that a benchmark is running either. So I think that. That it's it's a little bit misleading I, to look at this and simply say, well, based on benchmark data, well, benchmark data is always a little bit misleading anyway. And if you look at the actual scenario we're talking about here, which is degraded battery. So say your battery's at like 700 charge recharge cycles and ideally it never would go over 500. Well, now you're at like 70 percent, maybe 65 percent of your total battery yeah. uh, cells that are even available and so the phone is now managing the reduction in overall battery sure. capacity by managing the DVFS tables and saying, oh, OK, now you can only reach state eight instead of state 10 uh, to manage battery life. And if you change the battery, then it is restored to 10 instead of a limit of eight. But I, I obviously they're like, not I, being transparent about that, but nobody is. As yeah. far as what their DVS, nobody buys phones based on what their DVFS tables are over time based on milliamp hours and voltage available. I do feel like they're, they kind of used like a, a blunt method of fixing this. Like first, that even when the battery's fully charged, <laughs> it's still doing it. Right. right. But the thing that I was, that actually Ryan and I were talking about earlier uh, when we had this discussion was like, the more ideal way to do it would be to have something integrated like monitoring the battery voltage. And as you see it start to dive below where the phone's going to cut off, that's when you pull back on, you know, but you'd have on to the, have something. On the frequency, you mean? Yeah, pull back on that's the when clock. you pull back yeah, on yeah. the frequency and the current draw, like, you know, catch it before it does it. I mean, um, so that regardless yeah. of what the state is or what the change was like over that, time that or whatever. That logic already exists based on temperature, but when you have to deal with power, it's, it needs to be uh, much faster. Yes, Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think it's it's all about ethics and battery journalism. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, but, and if, but if you did it that way, <coughs> then you would Excuse have a situation me. where even when the battery was degraded, at least if you had enough charge, it would always be going. And we'd never speed. be able to find it. 
Well, you only because who in the hell runs Geekbench with twenty percent battery? You'd find it at, when you were at the. But that's the thing, right? It, then your phone would be full speed more of the time, right? Yeah, but, Compared to this fix, right? Don't lithium batteries. They don't have the the discharge curve like a, a lead acid one. A lead acid is pretty linear. You know, you you draw more voltage. You draw so the, the amperage discharge, falls off. It drops off. But with yeah, lithium, the discharge, it, it just conks. It, it's it's a relatively flat voltage curve, and then it just falls right at the end, right? Yeah. And, but then, so that fall changes well, no. as the life of the battery. No, that that fall is just yes. Yeah, that's, when fall, you, that's when you cross your cell voltage. The fall ends up happening sooner, right. right? But that's not the problem here. You're still at the the you know you're still even within the regular band of voltage. It's just that that band drops down quicker. Got the it. whole band lowers as you increase the current draw. Thanks. The voltage it can provide becomes lower at higher current outputs. Mm-hmm. And, and your your and step that downs instantly. Are, and, your, like, and your battery and your your power conditioning are matched, aren't they? So that it, it has that operation within that you know that small band right below that hockey stick. You know, I'm I'm not a ba- yeah. I'm not a bad battery engineer. So, so tell me if I'm wrong here. But no, no, no. The phone's not designed to operate into the fall off. Right at the end. That's you're you're staying within the relatively flat part and, of the band. And that's right? the shutoff problem. Yeah. You you hit that hockey stick and then it's game over. Well, it doesn't – that hockey stick implies that the battery is actually dead. But the mm. other thing is is that that entire curve just drops. Right. Like the more resistance there is internally. Into the, it doesn't matter that you are at 50% state of charge. Mm. The entire curve falls to a lower curve w- during the high current drop. So your voltage at 50% and, is now what it used to be at 80 or 70% discharge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Or even mm. beyond – no, actually – Beyond, like in the case of like when Ryan's was cutting out at thirty percent, when his when his CPU and his phone tried to clock up to whatever to launch an app, and it would do it instantly. You'd like just be just hitting something. Yeah, I think so. And it's just it's just like, off, it would be. It's right? almost it was almost inevitably when I would open up the camera app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're loading down mm-hmm. like that extra current Some draw spike. from the processor and the camera firing up and all the other stuff has to turn on all at the same time, right? Yep. That voltage instantly dropped to. Worse than 100% discharge. Yeah. Worse than 0% charge voltage of the phone, right? All right, so get on uh, scripting that nine-month-long benchmark for new phone reviews. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And that's I know the phone's been out for a while, phone. but the review's not done yet, guys. A few Leave them on a shelf. I'm really looking forward to that. Well, no, you just get the new phone, and you put a crappy old battery in it. That's testing. true, but yeah, but it has to be the thing is it has to be a used battery. It has to be like a battery yes. that's been used by a person. And the default shipping OS doesn't have this in it. They've been right. pushing it after the fact. Right. They've been pushing it like for the iPhone seven as they probably as they had reports of these problems internally and externally come up. They go, okay, now it's time. Here's the level. It's, uh, it's Boom, uh, done because it's going to change based on the battery chemistry that they're using, whatever battery yeah. they implement at that time. I mean, it's very easy to emulate this. You would just put a resistance in series with the battery, like you just mm-hmm. make yeah. it. You'd suddenly make it an older style battery with more. Well, we got a lot of Android phones for you to test out. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> and a lot of very inexpensive iPhones. Anyway, yeah. uh, let's move on. Uh, AT and T has uh, some good news and some bad news for me. Um, uh, Jeremy, can I have the good news first? I mean, if you really want. I do. Okay. They're testing uh, broadband over power lines uh, as, Ugh. you know, the signal coming from the ISP. And they're, they're claiming that uh, they're on target to surpass, surpass a gigabyte a, or a gigabit a second. 
And I'm thinking that doesn't sound at all like what your guys' reviews have been like. And I can't believe it's actually been, I think it was five or seven years since the last time you did a Powerline adapter review. I will say my, my opinions on Powerline adapters, having not touched them in several years, is that they've always worked quickly and reliably yeah. until they didn't. Yep. Until they died. Yep. Until they died. Because they don't, they don't like until the degrade. Next, until the next brownout. As it turns out, like, <laughs> they elect, just die. Elect, you know, 120 volts is a lot for this little thing to have to, to filter through. And it eventually every, like, I bet I went through four sets of power line networking stuff and they all eventually stopped working. Mm-hmm. So what's the bad news? And then? that's also just dep- hoping oh, that. Uh, there's the bad news. Oh, that's nice, Windows. Speaking of bad oh. news. Yeah. What do they want? Uh, I'll I'll pick a list? time. Let's see. Hold on. Let's pick a time here. Uh, what? Which update? Uh, I don't know. doesn't matter. Yeah. An update we've been balling off for weeks. Let's see. Let's pick uh, that time. Perfect. Oh, that time is in the past. That's in the past. Tomorrow. All right. All right. 12. Let's go a little bit later then. There you go. Thanks, it, Windows. It, really it, it, it seems we have that dialogue every podcast. It's because I never, never actually it. update it. Yeah. It always waits for the... It's because it's always off when I'm not podcasting. <laughs> Literally, this is the only opportunity it has to ask me a question. So what's the bad news? Uh, well, I mean, if you had a direct TV kit set up uh, with uh, the Linksys WVBro 25 wireless video bridge, uh, which is pretty much one of the default that come with direct TV, someone could have changed that for you. Uh, a guy did some research and figured out that if he could get if he could get at the wireless video bridge and because it's wireless, that doesn't necessarily mean he's right inside your home. It takes him about 30 seconds to get a root shell. And from there he can reach out to anything that's connected to said uh, video bridge and do whatever the hell he wants. He figured this out six months ago, passed it on to AT&T and Linksys and they didn't do shit. So he's released it to the public. All right. Interesting. Yeah, lovely, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh, Optimus Prime consumer water blocks. Uh, this doesn't. This isn't red and blue. <laughs> what is I know. Here? Doesn't change into a truck. Ki- I mean, does it kind of look like Optimus Prime? No, not even close. No. Yeah, I mean, it does benefit from heavier springs, though. So, I mean, there is sort of a truck thing. Mm-hmm. So this is a uh, water block for LGA 1150X, 115X, 20X sockets. Uh, oh, is this a Kyle? Is this, ooh, okay. That's a Kyle. Yeah, it's Kyle one. It's a Kyle thing. It's Tread American lightly. made, too. Ooh, really? It's it's their first one, and it's fully American made. They're out of Chicago. Right. And, I mean, the, the installation process, he said, was brilliant. I, it, it was just super easy to do. Um, the only thing to keep in mind is there is directionality in the flow. But in testing it, he got okay results until he sort of decided, you know, maybe some heavier springs. It'll actually make a better connection because if you if you find his uh, little paste spreading uh, exhibit, you can you can see exactly what happened when he updated uh, when he put the new springs in. I think it's on the last one. Oh, okay. So there you go. With the basic springs, you're not getting very much spread at all. And there's parts of that heat sink that aren't even touching. Heavier springs, it's got it. Did he have to and drop? Where do you get the heavier springs from? 
Uh, he had him lying around it's somewhere. Kyle, he just had heavy or, yes, lying Josh. Around. Yeah. <laughs> he just had him within reach. He always has yeah. heavier because screens. Because we're going through an mattress. insane amount of water cooling kits. <laughs> very tiny For Intel and for Threadripper. Yeah. And so this one, like for an initial offering, it matches some of the better ones he's seen. So that's a really nicely, like you can see with a heavy spring. I mean, that's a 5C Delta. XSPC. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Yeah. So this may be a really good company to keep an eye on. Interesting stuff. Good work. Editor's Choice Enthusiast Gold Award from 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 Kyle. We should just have him on when we do these things so he could just talk through it, you yeah. know? And that make a lot more sense. <laughs> He's basically here enjoying the whole thing anyway, so it's true. It, he did he did mention he pilfered the springs from a cool lance kit. Yep. Oh, uh, okay. And that they are changing the springs on the kit, they've said. Oh, they Which, did? Okay. All right. Fair enough. I think that's exactly the right thing you would do with that advice in that review. Yeah. Like, oh, hey, maybe yes. we should just store some heavier springs. Maybe we should just get some That sounds like a pretty good idea, fair guys. Enough. But we already ordered 10000 of the other ones. We can ones. drop the price and get better performance? Yeah, well, I guess we could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Sapphire released the Nitro Plus Radeon RX Vega, both uh, 64 and 56 editions. Uh, that's a giant-ass video card. If you can want to use this front panel connector for scale. I do like the S, the Sapphire logo they've integrated yeah. on that now. That looks pretty nice. It's cool looking. Uh, but they're, they are also you know still without DVI connections. Good design in the back plate. It's facing the correct direction. It's true. You can actually as see well. it. You can see it in a window Unlike chassis. Unlike NVIDIA products of, as of late. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, the RX Vega 64's air boost clock of 1546. Oh, I'm sorry. No. This card has a boost clock of 1611, 1611 megahertz, which is above the Vega 64's default of 1546, but below the Vega 64 liquid of 1677, um, which is a little bit surprising, although I imagine with not much work on the overclocking side, you'd probably be able to do that. I think this triple fan cooling configuration is going to be pretty substantial when it comes to that. It does have system fan control here as well. Um, huh. Yeah, that's not the, we, we've seen Asus cards that have Asus had that. Asus has been doing that on the Strix for yeah. a while. Good idea. So it is, because then... Control it, the fan, below, the front case fan blowing directly on the yeah. card, right? Yeah. I mean, this there's two of them in here, so in theory you could... Huh. That and exhaust. Um, interesting. I hope... I don't know if it says it in here, but you could if you could control it through their Sapphire software, I assume that would be what you'd be able to do as well. Oh. Uh, I mean, even, if it, even if it follows the the ramp that the card's following on its own anyway, that'd be good. Yeah, like without the software. Yeah. Did, did that is, have a uh, label for tech on the tack pin? Tack. Yeah. It does say tech. <laughs> yeah, the techometer. It's the technology. The techometer. Pin. The, the techometer. <laughs> it's Techo- where all of the technology it's comes how you from. Meter at the tech. Yes. <laughs> you don't get technology into this fan any other way. So uh, you know the the rollout of. Custom Vega cards has been slow. I won't say steady. It's just been slow. Um, availability is still hard. <clears throat> Prices are still high. It is what it is, I guess. I, I don't know anything about this Atari box, so somebody tell me what it is. I know this is a, uh, a retro gaming machine, Indiegogo'd, I believe. It might not be a thing. It might not actually ever... exist. Oh, cool. I mean, it looks nice in those renders. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me that's product. not a real photogra- it a, looks, a photograph? It looks nice on pre-order. 
<laughs> Pre- it's, a, it's a Linux mini PC that's supposed to have some sort of TV interface and play original and like actually it's like the first couple generations of Atari games, I guess, initially. Yeah. But there's some sort of online service attached to it as well. And it's unknown whether it's actually issues with the hardware or the back end of their online service that are causing them to delay this indefinitely. In case you but want to since more they expensive. first announced this, it seemed just a little bit sketchy. And I find this hilarious. I was completely like, of course it's delayed. Like, what do, what do they have? I wonder if they even have physical units yet. Uh, my guess is no. But yeah. who bought the dreg- the dregs of, of Atari a couple years ago? I don't know, but didn't they put out a speaker recently? Probably. Yeah, they like, put out like a couple things, but it's like, there was infogroms in the late nineties. Is who what like the Atari conglomerate yes. changed our name to? I don't know what happened after that. Oh boy! Okay, yeah. I'm on. I'm on the source of all news. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, this, I'm on the, the uh, Infowars Encyclopedia here. <laughs> uh, so after filing Chapter Eleven in 2013, the uh, Atari. Let's see. A very small company, apparently. It's some sort of Frederick and it's Chesnius. Frederick, who now like, all three I, know companies, I know Fred. Stated their entire operations consists of a staff of 10 people. Oh, a licensing corporation there. Yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think they have a big team working on this console. <laughs> Considering Atari's biggest presence is probably what? The casino world at this point? And mobile apps? Pac-Man. Anyway. Jeremy, tell me about Serious Sam versus the evil V-Sync latency. It looks like um, who did this? Overclockers Club did some testing with OCAT. It's one of those uh, one of those uh, Serious Sam episodes not many people played. Okay. Yeah. Doesn't sound like uh, a very interesting one. Just impressed me by the sheer obsessiveness okay. of this review. All you do is scroll down to the bottom where you see the uh, index for the article. Oh, I thought I was going to scroll past Keep the expanding all the way to advertisement. The okay. <laughs> so, Jesus. oh my god, this website. Yeah. He's a dick. <laughs> he tested him. So he, he did no V-Sync, V-Sync, and triple buffering oh, in geez. full screen, in borderless full screen. He then went and played with the various V-Syncs that you do uh, very available through the driver, either uh, NVIDIA or AMD, and just went nuts with OCAT. Mm. Just to sort of see what happens when mm. you enable V-Sync. What are you going to see in the way of frame tearing? What are you going to see in the frame rate? And are you going to see weird little spikes like that? Yeah. I'm. This, and what was this the conclusion? Must have taken an impressive amount is there, of time. Is there a conclusion page? Oh my god! The uh, there's a lot of ads, though. I tell you that. Yes, ads, yes, ads yes, kind he's of got a lot you. of ads. They like sneak up on Jesus you on this website. Criminy. Yes, they 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 will leap out if you stop scrolling. Uh, but the one conclusion is one we already know. Full screen is much better than borderless. Well, yeah. Sure. Because, well, obviously. And it was only like the basic V-Sync stuff that was adding latency. Uh, fast sync, enhanced sync, and framework target control 
all did not give you any sort of a latency hit. Uh, so if you're going with one of the optimized driver versions, it works better, as you might expect. They have ads on top of ads. What is yes, going I'm on? not sure if I missed this. <laughs> it, but is, I, it is. It's just popped in <laughs> on, just top on top other, of the other It's like, ad. no, you will look at this ad, not that ad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's very interesting content somewhere. Ugh. Yeah, you, you just got to read around and don't click on any of the, uh, any of the green words. Ad words. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, my Lord. Oh, oh, God. oh, you mouse oh, over. Oh, my Lord. You mouse wow. over and expands. <laughs> that is. You, you can't get this away. Is great. You cannot get why away. Would, why would nobody just do. Oh, my. And look, it goes to the side. <laughs> and like, God. leave this nice blank spot for me. I like this. Oh. Ryan, we need to talk. You need to figure out how to monetize I bet this is your bringing in tens there. of dollars like a month. A template. I think if you read <laughs> that ebook, it'll tell you how. <laughs> what type of remote worker is on your team? Ooh. Like how the wow. literally it's the same ad for desktop, data, or computer. But the data one's moving around. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. This yeah, is I why see. people use ad blocker. Yeah. Uh, performance. Yes. Uh, the chat says ooh, you're probably ads. mining Monero at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Too, I bet you, so. I bet you know, <laughs> this is a great. This is a great experience. Don't, don't forget about the house. Yeah, that one uh, popped in. You want to buy a house? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay, there's a video there. That's an actual content thing. Okay. Ooh, yeah, but I bet you if you play hit play, it no, plays an ad. Oh my god! Oh, look, that one pops up <laughs> over it. What is that? You know that um, that uh, sales guy oh, versus web it. dude. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Thing where I don't like, want to buy office. <laughs> the sequel video to the website is down. Where the guy keeps clicking on all the ads, so like continuously through the video. Like that's Man. what's going on right here. Anyway, serious Sam or something. Yeah, yeah I yeah. guess. <laughs> Obsessive benchmarking obsessive, and a lot of ads. Obsessive ads. Uh, introducing the EVGA X299 Dark Motherboard. Uh, it's an X299 motherboard. It looks dark. It looks awesome, actually. It It'd go good with the Star Wars Titans. It would go. It would. That's, yeah. that's what Sean was saying on Twitter, his yeah. NVIDIA shillness. Of course. I'm a little NVIDIA, worried yes. when it says dark. It's, it's too bad the Titans have... The Titans would cover RGB up lighting. the cool-looking fan. There is not a single RGB light on this board. What? Refund. Can I add some? One of their taglines is, you can't see pretty in the dark. Wait, what? what? But if there's no lights... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it was good. I'm tags? just saying it's one of their taglines. No, I think it's great. What well, is wait, this? What is, what is that silkscreen? So, so because that... It that looks, is a very oh, handy little skill uh, screen. The, it's yeah. the PCIe. But wait, uh, wouldn't that silk screen be sitting underneath the big old fan heatsink thing that's sitting on the motherboard, mm, though? Let's see. I don't, I don't understand. Because uh, I don't see that silk screen. Maybe it's on the back. No, it, it comes out with it. It's like a little cart. Oh, oh okay. If I you click you. through, it ships with a bunch of things, and one of that is this, which it's, I mean, handy Ooh. if you're not running a Skylake. You kind of need that to know a, these things. Does I like the the cutouts of the uh, of the PCB look cool. Like you got the twenty four pin um, on the ninety degree angle. Yeah, it's up. nice. Yeah. How big are those fans above the CPU socket? Are those like twenty millimeter fans? <laughs> yeah, well, they'll right, keep your VRM. That's, cool. that's the best feature of this motherboard, though. Active VRM cooling on an X two ninety nine board, which that's has true. issues yeah, with it VRM. Actually, does need it. It's true. Yeah. And active uh, M.2 cooling at the bottom. So it's it's got pretty much all of the features you'd want to Highly run efficient. a solo thing. 12-layer PCB. Without... Huh. Sorry? 
No, no, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, looks cool. Yeah, I was just going to say it's got every single thing you'd want to run a high-end PC, and none of the little fluff that's becoming ridiculously common on everything. Well, cool in the M.2s. Oh, shit. And okay. it's EATX. Uh, it says four-way so SLI support, but you know that's really only for overclocking at this point. Uh, well, ooh, that's why they showed four GPUs with LN2 pots installed. Yeah. Uh, PCI dim status LEDs, right angle. I, this motherboard looks awesome. No, it's really nice. How much is it? It's expensive. Uh-huh, uh-huh, yes, yes. How much, Let's how see, much? buy now. Buy now. Buy now? It is four ninety nine. Wow. Oh, I can expensive. only buy one. Expensive? Man. Wow. You can get it at 44 bucks a month. Come on. It's not even in <laughs> stock yet. Just mine some Bitcoin. It'll pay for itself in no time. Oh, that's not yeah, true. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> oh, man. Combine Bitcoin with a fifty dollars. It's still pretty cool. It, it, Five hundred dollars yeah. is ugh, is ugh money for a motherboard. It's a little but bit heavy. Holy moly! But uh, how much were those uh, Star Wars Titan? They were the same price as normal Titans. The Titans that got that just got outclassed by the other Titan that just came out. Yeah, but it's three thousand dollars. Yeah, and they don't look like Star Wars things. That's true. So you know. All right, let's move. EVGA through these. just needs to subsidize the price of that motherboard by putting more RGB lights on it. Fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move through these. MSI uh, GP62 7-Rex, which I guess is supposed to be T-Rex, like in well, Leet like le- like speak, right? Uh, you know, like Leet. Yeah, so is, it's the T-Rex Leopard. Mm-hmm. Okay. The T-Rex Leopard Pro. So Tech Report did this mm-hmm. review. It's a fairly um, low-cost gaming notebook, $1,300. Uh, it's got a 4-gig GTX 1050 Ti in it. Uh, what processor is in there? Um, any idea, Jeremy? Um, the the usual one that you see in there, the i7. Uh, is it the 7 series? The actual quad 770 HQ. Okay. 7700HQ, right. rather. It's not thin. It's not light. It's not sexy. It's plastic. But it's 1300 bucks. And a 1050Ti is like probably near a 1050 desktop part, right? Mm-hmm. Probably somewhere around that. Yeah, so on a 1080p monitor, it's going to be perfectly fine. Should be. Yeah. Yeah, we need to look at more of that stuff again in the in the near term as well, too. So MSI continues rocket forward. We're going to see so much of this stuff at CS. I just don't want to spend any more time on it. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, free games? Free star games. Free star, free star games. What's the asterisk for? Well, you got to install Uplay to get a bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, you want <laughs> Astrid, Black Flag, Watch Dogs, or World in Conflict. Whoa, you, you whoa, whoa, whoa. What kind of cream? got to install it. What kind of cream did you say? Ascreed. Oh, oh, Creed. 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 Got it. 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 Are they really free? No, you're going to install something else. That's yeah, cool. but That's, apart from that, they're free. That's okay. And uh, Good Old Games has given away Oxen Free, uh, which won a, an, Ollie Ollie? an immense amount of awards yes. last year. It's a older style point and click adventure, but... Hmm. It looks nice because you got Telltale devs uh, that worked on it. Interesting. Yeah. All right. All right. And to be fair, with the installing Uplay thing, you would have to install Uplay to play these games. So Also true. You know. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Like You have to have Uplay installed to play any Ubisoft PC game if you buy it on Steam. So, you know. Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm or unfair as the case may be. <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's get into our uh, hardware software picks of the week. 
Uh, I'm going to go first. Er, over here. Oh. Uh, this is what I'm I'm working on right now. This is a uh, HP Envy X360 notebook, and this is the Ryzen 5 2500U. So this is the Raven Ridge machine. Uh, RX Vega 8 is the mobile graphics implementation, 8 gigs. Um, the one I'm, I have showing here on Amazon is uh, with a 1 terabyte hard drive, and I think that's the same one they're selling at Best Buy. You mean 1 terabyte SSD? What did I say? No, no, I did. I mean, hard drive. There's an actual hard drive in there. No, not in this one. Oh, but in the one that I have up on that on the screen. Yeah, let me finish my sentence. The one that I have up on Amazon here, I think it's the same one that they sell at Best Buy as well, and it comes with a one terabyte hard drive. (sighs) Um, This one is has a one terabyte SSD in it. I don't know if so. This one came shipped to me from AMD, right? So they put the SSD in it. I think. Yes, they did. But there, HP does sell an SSD-based model, but only on their website, hmm. right? Not through, like, Best Buy. There's only whatnot. one left in stock on uh, But it's, it's the type of thing you can change. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, yeah you can go it's in and do it. It's, it's super easy. Is it uh, I think it's a SATA. So if it was a hard drive. Well, I don't it's know. pretty thin. Well, it's no, if, to be a hard if it drive had a hard either. drive in it. Yeah, if it had a hard drive. Well, that's true. If it had a terabyte hard drive, that's then it has true. to have a two-and-a-half-inch drive. So I mean, it's a pretty. I mean, it's a. It it's a. Ultra thin it's one, it's a. Think, it's a thin and light, right? But it's a 15 inch thin yeah. and light, so it's big, thin and light. If that that translates over, um, the screen is great. The touchpad is great. Keyboard works fine. Yeah, it's it's got a numpad nice. on it, um, which has taken some getting used to for me for typing wow. because it's I'm not centered yeah. on the keyboard anymore. When I'm on a laptop, I'm used to being centered. Mm-hmm. And the touchpad and everything is off-centered with it, which is which is great. So then your palm is definitely on. Oh wait, no, the touchpad is offset too. The touchpad's offset too, right? So if you're using the numpad here, um, you can do that. You know, it's uh, it's the it convertible, nice. so it folds yeah, in yeah, half yeah. without breaking. Yeah. Um, and essential it's, if you have small children. <laughs> right. And it, it's uh, it's got a fairly robust integrated graphics, right? I'd say anywhere from two to three times the performance of like what Cabby Lake. Has for integrated graphics perf. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I think is this the is this the correct pricing? Ken, did we see? I thought this was like a seven fifty at Best Buy. Seven hundred fifty bucks at Best Buy. Yeah, so don't buy this one on Amazon. Uh, seven fifty, and then you can either I, we could go to HP and see what the see what, what the SSD, SSD cost, or um, you know, upgrade it your damn self. It might also have like an M dot two slot. Yeah, you never know. This doesn't. It only has three. I mean, we need to take this guy apart, I guess. Yeah, there's only three screws, so it's probably pretty easy, mm, or not, or really difficult. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, so it's the H. It's the HP Envy X360. So there are a lot of HP Envy X360s. It's a very common model for them, and I don't know what the sub name of this particular one is because I don't think this has like the normal sticker on it because it's a convertible. But uh, uh, look for the AMD Ryzen 5 2500U. I, I've been pretty impressed with it. Right, we're still doing a lot of testing on it, and battery life and whatnot is still. Uh, a question mark, uh, but it's it's almost up to what we've seen some of the the Cavi Lake R stuff at for sure. So, uh, what do you guys got for us, uh, Jeremy? Lego, yes, yeah, good Lego too. The Star Wars First Order Heavy Assault Walker. It's how many pieces? Thirty five. Uh, Thirteen hundred and seventy-six. That's acceptable. It's oh. up there. So it'll take you a few. And uh, the the lasers on the front shoot, and it's got a rapid fire shooter on the top as well. 
My so Lego you can did lose not those pieces when I was quicker. A kid. I uh, just put together the BB-8 the other night. Mm-hmm. They have round Lego. And they made it round. Well, it's like it's like it's like yeah. it's aliased. It's it's aliased. Yeah, yeah. It's aliased round. <laughs> it's just over a foot high, so it's not tiny. And uh, hey, it's I'm just waiting time. for waiting for my daughter to get a little bit older. Where we can start to do yeah, some stuff where she wouldn't just daughter. be, and then you're gonna frustrating to to do with where she would like yeah, throw but, the pieces and lose them. Yeah, but you're you're still gonna step on all the pieces, no uh, matter what. Oh yeah, I mean probably. My wife's really gonna love the dining room table being completely occupied by this stuff. Has she as well. uh, has she seen your X wing yet? Um, no, it's well. I mean, we don't. It's not hidden. It's just in the guest room. She's yeah. not really in the guest room ever. Um, but I also like wouldn't let her touch it. That one's glued together, though, right? No, none of them are glued together. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. That's brave. Alan, I'm you, an adult. You, you glue your Legos? Well, if you have a child. No. What's like a display glue Legos to your child? Okay. So it, it's, it's an excellent <laughs> build it right. Specifically for display purposes, it's not meant really to be taken apart ever again. My point. Well, then you keep it out of their reach. You know what I mean? uh, well, yeah, let's do Sebastian next. Sebastian, what I you have got? a very I have a very low tech pick, but it's kind of gadgety, I guess. Sure. Um, as a it's kind of an inexpensive novelty gift idea for somebody who plays any kind of musical instrument that you can stand up. This thing is a guitar stand, but it folds obviously to a very small size. But even though it's small and portable and folding, it's very very stable. Like the the instrument. The surface of the instrument contacts is very soft and kind of sticky. doesn't mar the finish or anything. It's some sort of inert. I don't know what kind of material it is exactly, but it's not supposed to to harm finishes. What's that? Switch to Sebastian. I thought you were showing it. Oh, were you trying to show it? I have it. Yeah. So so when it's unfolded, it's very small. Yeah, it doesn't look nearly that big on this picture. Yeah. But it'll hold either an acoustic in the bigger space or like a small body electric in the smaller space. And when it's leaning on this thing, it's very hard to knock the guitar over because it kind of like adheres to it almost. My son has knocked into my guitar a couple times, and the stand will wobble a little bit, and the guitar stands. So lucky for him, am I right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear what you said. I said lucky for him that the guitar oh, yeah, didn't yeah. get knocked over. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, Emmeline's Elena of Avalor guitars really needs something that that. Quite that substantial. I think the guitars are the electric guitars we bought were less than the cost of the stand. Mm-hmm. So, but hey, it's twenty three bucks. It's, it's true. a great gift idea. All right, you're next. So uh, I want to be able to switch things on and off with an Arduino, and uh, I wanted them to be able to be uh, you know relay type switch on and off things. Turns out that they just make these boards that you can even get for a little bit extra money, complete with the Arduino, ready to plug in and like ready to go. So you can just switch on and off 16 different relays that you can wire to whatever. Those are like 250-volt, 10-amp rated relays. And uh, you plug that thing in an Ethernet, and you just go to an address on your network, and you can just even, you can even, uh, you know, get uh, scripty with your TCP requests and just, like, tell it to turn on relay whatever with your with your with your request without even going to a page in an interface in a GUI mm-hmm. or anything like that, right? 
So you can automate all the things. They make much smaller versions. You don't need, necessarily need 16 relays. That's like right. the Mac Daddy one. But like they make one that's just a very simple board with just two relays on it, which you could probably fit into something that would almost fit in like a light switch housing. Mm. Like if you really wanted to get creative and just have the thing, you know, also control your lights in addition to having the light switch there, perhaps, if you were so bold as to try to do that. Yeah, you can get just the board itself without the Arduino for much right. cheaper. Um, it's actually not that much cheaper. It's like 20 bucks. Oh, no, okay. Yeah. yeah. You can find them for even cheaper than that on eBay for just the board without the Arduino. I think it's like 15 or 10 or something. But Yeah, so, but having the Ethernet connection oh, built into an Arduino on an that example. board is the valuable part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, Arduino Uno is less than $10 easy from China, but the Ethernet connection will cost you a little bit. Yeah. So that guy wired it up to a bunch of outlets. You can just remotely turn on and off the outlets. Yeah. I mean, you know, pretty cool. Might be handy Saint for some smart. folks. Yeah. All right. I want to skip Alex this time. So uh, what do you got? <laughs> well, this actually came up uh, last week in the post show when we were chatting on IRC. Um, it's, uh, let's see, what was the name? It was uh, the Conmori method. Um, this lady. Katamari? Yeah. Marisa Hondo. Isn't the the game Katamari? No, no, not like Katamari. That's that's a different way of doing it. No, things. like the thing you fish with, the bait. No. Calamari. Fried Katamari. No. No. Mm. <laughs> Calamari? Yes. Um, I give up. I give up. Just screw you guys. Catamaran? <laughs> we're decluttering right now. Yes, we're decluttering with all this word vomit. Um I'll admit it's kind of a foofy book. She's talking about like, oh, your clothing has feelings. No, it just no, just clean it up. It it's a method of going through and getting rid of stuff. Um, My method's just a match. Well, Bullshit. no, your you method is to put it into ever. another box. But then I just light it all on fire. To put it point. into another box, into another box it makes good kindling. And then you put and then glue them wood together. on the ground to put the boxes on top of yes. the wood. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You you are the exact opposite of the Japanese art of any of this stuff. <laughs> Let me see if is there an antonym book option in Amazon here? What's this one? No, uh, but they do have an illustrated life changing manga. Well, of, of course, it's Japanese, so you gotta have a manga. Of course, right. I don't know why they did. All that. right, what's your other item here? Uh, that was actually the repercussions of me buying that book about two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. That is a 30-yard dumpster that we filled up in the first three days. We also had 50 large bags of garbage go to Goodwill, and I lost count of truckloads after the 10th truckload going to the dump. Wow. That's That's impressive. Yeah. Excessive. We had a lot of stuff. Now we don't. Apparently. It's great. See, my solution is just to live in a tiny apartment. You just can't Can't fit the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's That's why God invented basements. Well, no, that's the store that, things. That's, I'm trying to clear my basement out so I can actually use it. You're not going to use it for anything. I'm going to use just, it. Which you, if, I bet if you had your choice now, you would undo all of that work and make it just plain basement for just mining computers. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the winter. Only in the winter oh, so I can heat man. the house with the basement. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for uh, the podcast this week. Thanks for joining us. PCPer.com slash podcast. Go there. Find the MP3s, videos, show notes, links, all that type of stuff. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week. We have no break, no missed episodes because of the holidays or whatnot this year, so that's a good thing. Uh, we'll be back next week, and we'll talk 
probably now we'll have one more before CES, I think, as well. Right? So we'll be able to do any of our I don't know, CES predictions of how many cases Sebastian will see and how many motherboards we'll talk about and there'll be a bunch of TVs how many were, invited, bunch of, how many parties I will not attend. There'll be a bunch of monitors that we're still not gonna see this year either. Like all HDR monitors we saw last year. Displays are announced but we not saw shown. Them. We saw them. Right, that's true. They're still not out. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, I didn't say they'd ever come out, but we'll see them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, everybody, we'll be back. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. I'm Ryan Trout. <laughs> I'm not playing this game. Mm-hmm. Hey, I said I'm Ryan Trout. Everybody's rebelling. I, I'm going to go with Jeremy. He has seniority. Okay. Uh, let's do this again. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>